0: Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-48. The redemption that we're looking for comes in two different parts. That's the new man that you are on the inside, and then it comes on the outside. That is the final redemption, which is waiting for the end times resurrection. And that is a promise from Yeshua. Once again, hello there, this is Avi ben Mordechai, and this is Real Israel Talk Radio, and on today's podcast, we're addressing the matters of bread and wine as it relates to the Son of Man and what the Son of Man refers to in the New Covenant Theology. If you haven't yet had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes before this one, I encourage you to go back on parts one through four and study the information that I was giving you in those podcasts. And then you can uh, jump forward here to take a look at what we're going to be talking about today. Now on today's program, we're going to look at the Son of Man as it relates to what is called the Hamotzi and Kiddush prayers of Judaism, particularly of the New Covenant theology that is taught by Yeshua and Paul and so many of the writers of the Brihadashah or the New Testament. So with this said, let's get into our program for today. On the last program, we were talking about Hamotzi and what that refers to in Judaism. Hamotzi is the prayer that we say over bread and specifically over what is called challah. And the challah bread, as we learned on the last podcast, is about the bread of affliction or the bread of sickness, which is exactly what Yeshua wanted us to know when he said, do this in remembrance of me. That is, take this bread and remember me when you eat this bread And when you say the various prayers to remember all of the things that he accomplished for us. This applies to both the Jew and the non-Jew. And it is that we are joining with the Yehudi of Yehudim, that is Yeshua HaMashiach and joining and associating ourselves with Him in the role that He took on for us from Isaiah chapter 53. And specifically, verses 4 through 5, we're learning all about His messianic claims and what that prophecy speaks about. So, when we enter into the Hamotzi prayer, And we take challah, that is, the bread of sickness, or perhaps we could say the sick bread. We are reminded of what Yeshua did for us through his death and his third day resurrection. So in these prayers that we say, which are often recited on an Arab Shabbat meal for Friday nights in Jewish homes all over the world, or it will also be said in a Jewish or Messianic synagogue when we take the bread and the wine, we will say the prayer, Baruch Atah Adonai, or Baruch Atah Yehovah. Or something like that. Baruch Yehovah. Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Hamotzi Lechem Min HaAretz. Which is translated to be. Blessed are you Yehovah. Or Master Yehovah. Our Elohim. King of the Universe. And then we close with the statement. Bread coming out. Or perhaps coming forth from the earth. And we learned on the last podcast that this matches so beautifully with the passages of Isaiah chapter 53, because in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, we learn where it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, which is Absolutely, and without any uncertainty at all, our sicknesses have been lifted off of us, literally in Hebrew. Our sickness has been lifted off of us. And what is that sickness? The sickness is identified as our grief, our grief. It's from the Hebrew word chet, Lamed Yud, Choli, which comes from the root Chala, or Chala, as we would say. That is the bread of sickness. And we know it's the word sickness or illness. And you can see that in passages such as 2 Samuel 12.15. 2 Samuel 12.15. Then it goes on to say and he carried our sorrows. That is, he lifted off from us our sorrows. We can see in John or Yochanan 3.14 that the idea there is our suffering and our pain. He carried away and lifted that pain and sorrow up and off of us. Because it had been all over us. It was on us. We inherited it from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when they passed down their genetic imprint, their genetic genome imprint of the fallen man when they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So then Isaiah goes on to say, yet we esteemed him stricken, which is quite literally he was touched with leprosy. It's Naga in Hebrew Naga, so in other words, we thought of him or considered him to be touched with a disease of leprosy. And for that, you can see Mark one forty through forty two. And John 15:3. Again, Mark 1 40 through42, and John 15:3. So then we learned that he was smitten by Elohim, or smitten by God. And that idea of smitten in Hebrew is really the idea of being violently beaten up to death violently shaken up. And we can learn something of this idea because it was understood that way concerning Messiah in Sanhedrin 98b of the Babylonian Talmud, which was several centuries after Yeshua. But it's interesting that it is found in that particular study, in that It is found in the writings of the Talmud from the Jewish people between the 300s and the 500s. So it says in that passage of Sanhedrin 98b, the Rabbanan, or if you will, the great rabbis, they say that Mashiach's name is the leper scholar the leper, scholar, for it is written, then they quote Isaiah, Surely he has borne our grief or our sickness. He carried the burden of our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him not. Rather, we considered him stricken, smitten, beaten up violently, and afflicted by God. And then finally, we learn from Isaiah 53, 4, and he was afflicted. And this is the Hebrew idea of Anna, spelled Ein Nun He, which has the idea of being weakened, degraded, humiliated, emaciated, wretched, bent, hunched over. Wow, that's horrible to consider that Yeshua chose to go through all of that for us. And what did we pay him back with? A great thank you of love? Not on your life. We considered him a terrible person. And those of our predecessors, what did they do? They violently beat him up to death. And he ended up on an execution tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Roman period. That was, I believe, his execution, paying for our sorrows and our sins by being hung up on that tree, the very tree that took our liberty away in the Garden of Eden and gave us slavery to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the sickness that Adam and Eve passed down to us. So on the night that he was betrayed before the next day, and when he was strung up on that crucifixion tree, it was Yeshua who said that night with his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. That's from Mark 14, 22. And in another teaching, He was telling his disciples and all those following him in John 6.53, eat my flesh. Now it was to remember him as our chala, as our sickness, you and me. The bread from heaven that came down to carry the load of our sickness from the garden and to carry our genetically modified DNA that we inherited when it was passed down line from Adam's fallen nature when he took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with his woman or his wife this was to bring to mind the genesis 217 second death prophecy fulfilled through the sick man of isaiah 53 4 through5 Thus we learn that paul later writes the following in 1 corinthians 1124. For I received from the Master that which I also delivered to you, that the Master Yeshua, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, that is, he took challah, and when he had given thanks, because he was quite likely doing the prayer that we're talking about here, called hamotzi, then he broke that Bread, just like we do every Friday night, here in our home, on an Arab Shabbat meal, we take the bread and we break it. And every Jew does the same thing, even if they don't believe in Yeshua, it doesn't matter. They take the bread and they break it, and they say, Hamotzi, which is, Barucha Ta Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Min HaAretz So they are saying the prayer before they eat the bread, the Lechem, they're saying the prayer of Hamotzi, which is the prayer that Yeshua likely said when He also gave thanks. And He said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. That is, take the bread and remember what I have done for you. So eating of the challah is our opportunity, my friends, to remember What Yeshua did for us by lifting off of us our slavery to sin and death in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He did this by carrying the Genesis genetic imprint of sin, sickness, and death. He carried it for us so that we would not have to quite literally carry it into our second death after our physical death. Because after our physical death, it is prophesied in Genesis 2:17 that there is going to be a second death. And the Genesis 2:17 decree is repeated in Revelation 2:11, Revelation 20 verses 12 through 15, and even in John 8:24, as well as many other passages. So it is not that we get sick from eating this bread. No, we remember him. We remember Yeshua and what he carried for us. He lifted off our burden of slavery to sin and death, the second death. He carried it under the earth according to Psalm 139, verse 15, because that's where we were conceived according to that passage, Psalm 139, verse 15. So you have to understand that these are all very important principles. In eating the challah, we remember what the word hadavar, or in Aramaic, the memorah, or in Greek, the Logos, what the Word did through Yeshua, by disentangling you and me and every one of us from the law of sin and death. And in doing so, He gave us Shalom, which is wholeness, completeness, that is the most beautiful word I've ever seen in the Hebrew language, wholeness and completeness and perfection. He fulfilled it in us in the inner man, as Paul would like to go on to say in Romans chapters 7 and 8. So in John 14:27, we learn what Yeshua says concerning wholeness or Shalom. He says, to his disciples, Shalom, I leave with you. Wholeness, I leave with you. My wholeness, my completeness, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Because they can't give you anything. So Yeshua says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Well, Afraid of what? Troubled of what? I would think it would be having the fear and the trouble and the worry of Genesis 2.17, which is the wrath of the second death. You don't have to worry about that because he took it away from you and me and all of us when we received him and the glorious things that he did for us because he separated us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He separated us from that tree and from that fruit in the inner man only. We're still waiting to be separated from it in our body in the outside or outer man. That is coming with the resurrection of the last day in the end times. That's when we completely are separated from that tree in the garden that Adam and Eve took from, they ate from, and they passed down that genetic imprint to us through an inheritance that we did not ask for. We just got it. We got sick because they got sick. And so Yeshua comes to separate us from that. And so the redemption that we're looking for comes in two different parts. It comes in the first part, which is the geulah inside, that's the new man that you are on the inside. And then it comes on the outside through the Geulash Lema, that is the final redemption, which is waiting for the end times resurrection. And that is a promise from Yeshua. So, in a mysterious way, the moment we identified with Yeshua, in the inner man, in our soul, in our nephish, assuming you have done the same as I've done, what happened? We entered into the second death with Yeshua, that very second death that we could have gone into after our physical death, but instead Yeshua took it away from us so that it could have no more claim on our life. The pain that followed is anyone's guess of what Yeshua went through because we are not told precisely what happened when he went into that second death. What I do understand is that on the third day, he resurrected out of that second death and from that place, he came back to life. He sprouted up out of the ground. He was the bread that came out of the ground. And he re-sprouted on the third day, bringing life into existence. And in receiving this testimony of Yeshua, the same principle applies to each of us. And we can learn about that in 2 Timothy 2.10, 1 Corinthians 1522 And Colossians 2, 3. So again, in doing the Hamotzi prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving before you eat of the challah, we say the blessing over the bread, which is Yeshua. He is the carrier of our bread, which is giving us the word, because he is the word made flesh which is John 1 14. And in all that, we are reminded through His action in the prayer that we say, Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam ha'motzi lechem min ha'aretz. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our Elohim, our God, King of the universe, where it's bread coming out, coming forth, from the earth. So here is kind of a summary statement of what Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 5 is telling us. I have taken the liberty to paraphrase it for you from the Hebrew text. Surely he has lifted off our sickness from us and carried the load of our sorrows Yet we considered him a leper, beaten to a bloody pulp, or to be struck dead by Elohim, and emaciated, humiliated, wretched, and suffering. He was pierced for our Pesha, which is understood in Hebrew to mean the inherited wrongdoing that we received by the passed down genetic imprint from the Garden of Eden. He was pierced for that. He was oppressed or crushed for our perversion and twistedness, which is going back to when that happened in the Garden of Eden at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it goes on to say the bond to be made whole for us, of course, was upon him. And by joining and associating with him and he with us, we are healed. Let's take a look at some of the messages that are presented to us from both Hebrew scripture and the Brihadishah, the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 17. Do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her for Paul then quotes Genesis 2:23 for the two he says shall become one flesh but he who is joined to Jehovah or he who is associated and joined to the master is one spirit, one Ruach with Him. This reverses the curse that is found in Genesis 3.22, when Adam and Eve became one with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and now we become one with the Messiah, with our Abba, our Father in heaven. I want to take a quick break and let's come back to this idea and continue with some passages that are going to help us understand all of these things that we're talking about. I'm Avi ben Mordechai, and this is Real Israel Talk Radio. You are listening to Avi Ben-Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-48. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben-Mordechai. All right, welcome back to Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi Ben-Mordechai. So let's continue where we left off ...from our previous reading in Isaiah 53, 4-5. Once again, let me read it to you as I have paraphrased it for you from the Hebrew Masoretic text. Surely, He, referring to this Messianic figure, He has lifted off our sickness from us, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and carried the load of our sorrows again from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yet what did we do for him did we say thank you no we considered him a leper like ah stay away from him beaten to a bloody pulp to be struck dead by elohim and what happened He became emaciated, humiliated, wretched. He was suffering and he was pierced for our Pesha, the Hebrew word that gives us the English idea of an inheritance of wrongdoing, criminal actions of wrongdoing, oppressed or crushed for our perversion and twistedness, which also comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden of eden when that whole genetic imprint got passed down to us through adam and eve and it was this messianic figure yeshua who took the bond to be made whole to give us shalom that bond to be made whole for us That bond was placed upon him. He was the one that took that bond and it was on him so that we could be made whole and he was made sick. And how was this transfer or this conveyance done? It was done by a simple act of our looking at him on the tree through the eyes of our mind. And in that, we exercise faith by joining and associating with him and he with us. We're becoming one with him and he with us. And in that, we are healed. That is Isaiah 53 4 through 5, in my paraphrase. This, of course, is going to shed a lot of light. On John 6.53, Yeshua said to them, Most certainly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, obviously, this is not about taking a bite of Yeshua's flesh, his body. And it's not about poking him so that he bleeds and then you pour his blood into a cup and drink it. That's not what this is talking about. And anybody with a right mind would know that. So Yeshua is quoted in Matthew twenty six twenty six, as saying that when they were eating, he took bread. He blessed. He did the hamotzi. And he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and he said to them take eat this is my body so this takes us to genesis 37 7 this is about joseph and his brothers joseph is giving testimony about a dream that he had and he says brothers there we were binding sheaves in the field Then behold, my sheaf got up and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Well, they were pretty upset with that statement. They did not like that dream at all. But what I want to show you is the Hebrew for the word sheaf. This is the Hebrew word alum, alum, aleph, lamed, mem, alum. This refers to a hidden secret, something that is not quite understood in your face. It's got a hidden element to it, and when it becomes revealed... It's like a field of golden, shining sunlight. That's this idea of alum. And it's very possible, although I'm not a linguist, that the etymology of our English words illuminate, illuminati, illumine, and the word lumen, which are words that identify kind of a shining, bright enlightenment or something that comes out of the eyes radiating light and understanding it could be that we're getting these english words from the hebrew word alum which has more of the idea of something that is hidden in the face of an illuminated face It's something very, very hidden and secretive, but yet you're looking into the face of this and you're saying, okay, you're hiding something from me. Go ahead and reveal it. I want to see what you're talking about. That's the idea. This is the concept of that sheaf that was bound. And so no wonder, no wonder the brothers were so upset At Joseph because he was speaking about something that they were even ready to handle they didn't even want to deal with it that was just like over the top for those brothers of Joseph and so they got really angry and you can understand why they would have thrown him into the pit and tried to kill him because they saw what he was trying to say They saw through the secret, hidden message that I don't even think Joseph totally understood. But I think his brothers understood it. That's what it appears like to me. Now, with this idea, let's take a look at this root, -um, alum, aleph lamed, mem, and let's take a look at it as it's related to Psalm 126, verse 6. To come. He will come in a joy of jubilation, lifting up or carrying his alum. It's the light of his truth. And not everyone gets that secret because it's not for everyone unless you are willing to receive it. Then it will illuminate your mind. So John 8.12 says... I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, he says this, If you abide in my word, You are my disciples indeed, my students, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What's he referring to? That's that illuminated truth from the alum, taking the secret and revealing it to us because we have the mind of Messiah. So we're going to understand that truth. It's going to come out of him, and his face will shine on us. Which is exactly what the priestly prayer says in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 25. May Jehovah bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Wow, that is really really fantastic. So, concerning the bread that Yeshua broke, this bread that he distributed to his Talmudim is called Lechem in Hebrew. Lechem. But Lechem is a general Hebrew word for bread or for food. But I want to get deeper with this and go to what bread is. Bread is is dough. I suppose it can be barley, but let's take the wheat dough idea. The term bread dough in Hebrew is batsek, batsek, bait tzadi kuf, batsek. That's a bread dough. In the Greek, it's a different word, but in the Hebrew, you could see that in 1 Corinthians 10, 17, batsek. Interestingly, If you flip those letters around, just take the letters, because in Hebrew, it is taught that each Hebrew letter kind of has its own personality. It kind of has its own consciousness, if you'd like to put it that way. Each Hebrew letter is alive with its own persona. We know that in Hebrew, so you can move things around and come up with some beautiful ideas. Well, here's one of those ideas. Switch around the letters for batsek, bread dough, and you'll come up with the Hebrew word kavatz, kavatz. kuf vet zadi, kuf vet zadi, kavats. Well, you might recognize that word because in modern Hebrew, we get the word kibbutz, a kibbutz. Because it's a collective kibbutz or kavatz is that of collecting together all the parts and pieces and elements and putting them together as one. That's the idea of kavatz. So you have butzek bread dough and kavatz, which is a putting together of all of the elements and pieces that bring what you're talking about, into a unity. Also, in modern Hebrew, we can see this quite clearly because kavats in modern Hebrew also gives us words like welding or soldering. And these two ideas are also taking elements and bringing them together to unify them. That's kvatz and batzik. So that's the idea for bread dough. Now, why am I saying this? Because bread dough is volumes and volumes of wheat grains crushed into making flour. It's taking all that crushed wheat grain and turning it into a collective unit that is called Flower. So you can see that idea of drawing everything together, and that's what the challah is. So when you take the challah and you remember what Yeshua did for you, what he did for me, you are becoming one with him. You're collectively joining him and associating with him through the idea of kavatz or a kibbutz, putting us together and making us one. So that's what's happening when Yeshua is saying to us, do this in remembrance of me. You're not just taking a memory of him, you're entering into what he did, as though you too had to go into the second death of the lake of fire. But you didn't go into it. Yeshua did. So now let's look at the common word lechem or bread. Lamed chet mem. And it means adjoining together. So from the word bread or lechem, as we learn like Beit lechem or Bethlehem, that's the house of bread. So take a look at this word lechem or lechem. And see what kind of words come together out of this. Because it is going to relate. Lamed chet mem lechem or bread. And it means adjoining together. That is many individual wheat grains coming together collectively to make an entire loaf of bread from a lump of bread dough. The essence of bread is that. It's that of millions of fused together grains of wheat. Certainly hundreds of thousands of fused together grains of wheat that have been crushed and turned into flour. Now out of Lamed Chet Mem, we're going to get another word by flipping it around Taking the letters and moving them around, now we will get the word chamal chamal. That's chet mem lamed. Hamal, same letters in that word. And this is found in Ezekiel sixteen five. Hamal in Hebrew is that of having compassion for the sick and the broken hearted. That's what that's all about. Okay? Compassion for the sick and the broken-hearted. But then you can also take those three letters, Lamed, Chet, Mem, for Lacham and chamal, and you get another word that comes out of it. And that word is Melach, which is the word for Salt. Mem, Lamed, Chet. Mem, Lamed, Chet. Melach. That's found in Ezekiel 16:4. It's a covenant of salt for the healing of spiritual wounds. That is showing compassion for somebody who is sick, brokenhearted, or perhaps just even in pain. You rub a little salt on the wound, though it stings, it brings about a healing. You're showing compassion. And that's why Yeshua was talking about that story of the Good Samaritan showing compassion and why he said, you, my brothers, my sisters in the faith, you are the salt of the earth. You are the melach because you are the hamal, the compassion, because you are the bread lechem from the tree of life because Yeshua gave that to you in him when you joined together to be with him so all these ideas are embedded in the hebrew terms batek for a lump of dough lechem for bread and other words and ideas that convey covenant unity oneness togetherness compassion salt healing preservation all these ideas all were second temple messianic concepts. And you can see that in John 12, 37 through 38. So where do you think Paul's mind was when he wrote Romans 6, 4 through 8? We were buried with him through immersion into death. That's an association. That's a joining that just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life because we're walking with him. But if we have been united together, there's that joining idea, in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes, of course. And knowing this, Paul says that our Old man, that's on the inside, that which we inherited as a genetic imprint from Adam and Eve. That's our old man, and he was crucified with Yeshua on that crucifixion tree. I'm using the word tree specifically. Not cross, because it's a tree, and your New Testament will even say that, because it's a picture of the etzadah the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3. Our old man was crucified with him, that this body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. That's going in with Yeshua's death and coming resurrection. Now, if we died with Messiah, and I believe we have, because of our joining and our association, based on the Hebrew word that is from Isaiah 53.5, where we get the word stripes. The word stripes in English is derived by the translators from the word chavurah or chaver, chavurah, that's the idea from the Hebrew. And chaver and chavurah, that is the term in Hebrew for friendship, to become joined as one, to connect one to another. So this is a connection idea. So, Paul says, now, if we died with Messiah, we believe because of this idea of this joining, this connection, we believe that we will also live with him, with Messiah. Just as he came up from the dead from the second death, we come up from the second death. This is so fantastic. Yeshua taught the disciples, this whole teaching of Isaiah 53, when he spoke about it in Matthew 20, 26-28, helping us to define what it means to be a true servant. Matthew 20, 26-28, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant." And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is so fantastic. And this idea of true servitude is understood from Yeshua's own example in John thirteen twelve through 15 So when he had washed their feet, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and master, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then your master and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you this is how we are to love one another is by dying to ourself and living to our brother to our neighbor to our wife guys yes you want to get married you are getting married oh great i love marriage but i'll tell you right now guys in marriage you're signing your own death warrant oh you are guys You're signing your own death warrant. That's not to say that marriage is bad. That's saying it's going to teach you how to be a servant. Because you're going to be serving your wife and serving your family and serving your children. Yes, you are. You're going to be washing everyone's feet. So if you want to get married, great. It's a blessing. But you're going to learn servitude through it. You can't be selfish all the time. Baruch Ata Yehovah, or Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Hamotzi Lechem Min Haarts. With this Hamotzi prayer in Judaism, you are reminded of who you are when you join Yeshua and are associated with Him and His work because of the role that Yeshua took on for us from Isaiah 53:4, So we've come to the end of our program today. And if you want more information, go to the website www.cominghome.co.il. Again, cominghome.co.il. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai and you're listening to Real Israel Talk Radio